Jacob has finally met with Esau, his brother. It's all his possessions and everything. He has finally met. That's a brother he was running away from a couple of years back. Finally, they met. They met. And the first thing I would like to draw your mind to is God saw the strife that was going on in the heart of Laban and his sons and I can imagine and the people around him for Jacob and God said oh yeah my son rise up it's time to go back home now do you think God had forgotten the anger Esau had towards his brother Jacob for stealing his birthright and the blessings and all that do you think he had forgotten no do you think no it's not about thinking anymore because we read that Jacob was afraid when his servants gave the report that your brother Esau is coming and he's coming with 400 men he was afraid I can imagine in his mind that oh, he, I'm running away from Laban now I'm going to meet another trouble but it was God that gave the instruction and at, in the first place he wasn't the one that said okay Deban is angry with me and it's about time to move. It was God that commanded him to get up and move. Now, I am retreating all of this for, for a reason. First, a lesson that we've learned in the past, I'll bring that again. We must wait for the instruction of God to get up. We must wait for the instruction to move. We must wait for the instruction to settle down. We must wait for every instruction from God. There is nothing like, well, it's obvious this is what I should do. No, no. We must learn to wait on God. I mean, think about it. Is it not better to wait for the one that knows the end from the beginning? Is it not better to wait for the one that knows what will happen tomorrow? Is it not better for us to wait for the one that can minister to the hearts of people around us? We saw how God revealed himself to Laban and told him, see, don't do anything to my son, Jacob. Isn't it better to be patient and wait on the Lord for every instruction before taking any decision with, with our, oh, Isabi idea of things? No, we must be patient. Now, God was fully aware of what he was leading Jacob to. He was fully aware and yet he gave the instruction and I'm glad Jacob obeyed. Will you obey? Will I obey is the question. We are reading these stories, we are reading these testimonies to give us an assurance that if we obey or when we obey, safety is sure for us. With these stories that we are reading, I'm not saying they didn't have heartaches. Oh, <laughs> Jacob would have been scared hearing the report that 400 men, don't forget, he had big possessions, big cattle, livestock, and he was with children. So yes, he was afraid, but he obeyed. When we obey, when God gives us instructions, we might fear. Well, we most likely would fear. But let fear not hinder us from obedience. Because the one that has given us an order, the one that has given us a marching order, is well and is able. 
to deliver us from whatever danger we see with our own short-sightedness. Now, I, I didn't touch on one of that. You know, as I continue to dwell upon all these things, I'm like, when I was when, when we formally discussed the riches of Jacob, I was now thinking of it later on after the podcast that what Jacob sent to Esau was just a gift. It was just a gift. Can you now imagine his own possessions aside the gift? If he could gift that much livestock to someone, my then... <laughs> Why, 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 why? Then he must have been really blessed. Really. And as I talk on these blessings again, I think I need to bring back again to our memory that God doesn't just bless us for no reason. We saw that Jacob was very well skilled. We saw his interest in that skill. When he met those shepherds, he first asked them if they had, they know the way to the home of Laban. They said yes. And immediately he started giving instruction as to how to tend for the sheep. They were about to give water. So yes. 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 As to that blessing, we see, first of all, obedience. He was obedient to God. The second thing that followed is skill. What do you think opened his mind to understanding? God. God, because when we obey God, then we start to emulate his character. We start to be like him. Oh, we learn diligence. We learn patience. Don't you think... Patience would have been required for him to learn that much and to acquire much skill. Didn't you see diligence playing out when you met those shepherd? I want to draw your mind. I want to let you know. I want to, I want to let you see that truly obedience is all that we need. Because when you learn to obey, you learn to, you begin to have a Christ-like character, a character of diligence. And hard-working spirit and understanding mind all these precious gifts patience virtue you start to gain them now when you have all these virtues all these good qualities now I'm not even saying money because this is the main gift these virtues is kindness meekness love patience long-suffering this is gift Oh, this is the gift God is longing to bestow upon us, not material things. Because when you have these gifts, oh, then you see how God will bless you. You will see. And we, we, we read the blessings God bestowed upon Jacob. And for the sake of Jacob, God even blessed Laban. Do you see that you being obedient to God is not only a benefit to you, but a benefit to the people around you? We've seen that time and time again. Oh, because of the righteousness of, although our righteousness is like filthy rag, but because Noah obeyed, 
God said, okay, for your sake, I will give you a probational time. Tell these people, warn them. Tell them to repent. Tell them to build and come into that ark before I destroy. You can see how the righteous life of Noah bought the people of those times an amount of time. We see that in the time of Lot. We see that at the time of Abraham. And we see that in the time of Isaac. Now again, we are seeing it in the life of Jacob. Ah, God is good. That is the conclusion of the matter. God is good and his way is righteous. His way is pure. His way is very pure. Hi. My name is Oluwa Femi and you are welcome to the gospel space. Yes, welcome, welcome. It feels like I've been away for a long, long time. Uh, I'm sorry I missed you on Friday. Little hiccups here and there, you know. I apologize. I apologize. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to speak with you again. Speak with you. I, on, on Saturday, Sunday, I was like, I was already having this feeling like, ah, it was feeling to me like it's been a week since I've been a week. And to be honest, it felt like a long time since I've done this. So I'm glad. I'm glad I'm here again with you to do this. And we will be discussing a very interesting chapter. A very interesting story we'll be looking at in the book of Genesis chapter 34. I remember on Friday, I was thinking of a title. Even before recording this podcast, I was really thinking of a title. What, what title? Because I know this is a sensitive um, subject. I know it's a sensitive topic. Very sensitive at that. So I was wondering, what would I name the title of today's podcast? Now since Friday... <laughs> That was his Friday. What? I, even now, I still don't know. I still don't know. But I'm, I'm getting a hint. I'm getting a hint from my Bible. I am seeing the title: the dinner incident. Mm, the dinner incident. Let's let's see. Let's see. Let's see. How was your weekend? I hope you had a pleasant weekend. And how was your Sabbath? I hope you had a pleasant and a blessed Sabbath. Let's have a word of prayer as we dive into today's study. Our dear Father in heaven, we thank you for today. We thank you for preserving us and bringing us back again to thy feet to learn. We plead for mercy. Please forgive us of our sins. And please send us your Holy Spirit that he may teach us. Fill my lips with words from above. Help me, Father. And help your son, your daughter, who is listening, that we may learn of you. Thank you, Father, for we have asked in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The dinner incident. Dinah is the only daughter of Jacob. Out of all the four wives, she he has only one daughter. It is very interesting. Like, <laughs> can you imagine how highly overprotective these brothers will be over this one sister despite the fact that they are from separate parents i'm assuming i'm assuming let us let us let us hear what the bible let us hear what god has to tell us today now dina the daughter of leah whom she had bought to jacob 
went out to see the daughters of the land. She went out to see. She went out to observe. She went out to... uh, Can I use the word mingle? No, I don't think the word mingle is the right word. But she went out of her way. She left the way to see, to observe, to associate with the daughters of the land. Now, reading this, I would like to take this gradually. So, I know it's a sensitive topic, so that's why I'm taking it gradually. Now, do we remember the kind of persons they were in the land of Canaan? Do you remember Abraham saying, no, don't, don't pick a wife for me from this place. Go back to my home. Go back to my family. Meaning, and, and we've been reading, uh, taking notes that, oh yes, these people were wicked people. They were not the ones that held the commandments, the laws, the statutes, the charge of God in their heart. So now, Dina, the daughter of Jacob, the ones from the righteous camp left the righteous camp to mix or to observe the daughters of the land. And when Shechem, the son of Hamon, the Hivite, prince of the country, saw her, he took her and lay with her and violated her. His soul was strongly attracted to Dinah, the daughter of Jacob, and loved and he loved the young woman and spoke kindly to the young woman so shechem spoke to his father Haman, saying get me this young woman as a wife <coughs> let's pause there now do you see that she didn't just go and observe do you see that she mingled she mingled to the point that the men or a man this time shechem observed her amongst the daughters of the land now let's not forget these these stories as we have discovered in previous chapters these stories are not just one day thing no no this must have happened over a couple of days maybe weeks maybe even months now because i am i'm saying this so that we will understand that she overstepped that she crossed that line you know i have had situations where ladies will be like no be disciplined no because i wear this or because i do that doesn't mean you should i have any reason to violate me but that's story for another day but here we see that dina overstepped our father understood that the people of the land of canaan were wicked and i'm sure isaac Pardon me, and I'm sure Jacob would have passed this message down to his household. I'll see these people are wicked people, you need to be careful. But we see that Dina disobeyed, we see that Dina overstepped her boundary. Maybe she also had the idea that Maya, don't touch me. But what we know from this passage, what we are getting from this story is that she overstepped her boundaries then jacob heard that he had defiled dina his daughter now his sons were with his livestock in the field so jacob held his peace 
until they came. Then Haman, the father of Shechem, went out to Jacob to speak with him. And the sons of Jacob came in from the field when they heard it. And the men were grieved and very angry because he had done a disgraceful thing in Israel by laying with Jacob's daughter, a thing which ought not to be done. But Haman spoke with them, saying, The soul of my son Shechem longs for your daughter. Please give her to him as a wife and make marriages with us. Give us your daughters, give your daughters to us, and take our daughters to yourselves. So you shall dwell with us, and the land shall be before you. Dwell and trade in it, and acquire possessions for yourselves in it. Now, the first red flag is this thing Shechem's father presented to Jacob and his sons. First of all, first of all, we have been reading how Abraham, how Isaac have been saying, see, don't marry from these people. Go home, go back home, go back to Haran and take from his home. And now this one is enticing them that, see, come, marry our ladies, let's marry your own. And I can imagine the ladies of Canaan. The ones who did not reverence God, I can imagine them wearing their skimpy dresses, adorning themselves with some jewelries and all whatnot. And I'm sure they were very enticing. They were very, they must have been very, uh, very beautiful. No, that man, they can be, they can, I can imagine them being very beautiful for the sons of Jacob to lust after. I can imagine them looking sexy, unlike Dina, who I believe must have been a modest, at least in addressing, person, decent. So now he, he, he lays this offer to maybe bring some sort of peace. And we read that he loved Dina, that is Shechem. And this, this love is crazy to me as far as I'm concerned. Why would you love someone? and still rape the person this is a rape story and it does not make any sense to me it does not if you really love her you should i think you should be patient and i think one that loves a lady should well let me not say i think i think not i think ah femi the moment i love a lady i would not just only be patient i would actually want to wife that lady before even thinking of doing anything you get so i don't i don't understand how you would love i don't understand how shechem loved dina and yet raped dina it's it's crazy to me very crazy then shechem said then shechem said to her father and her brother let me first (coughs) let me find favor excuse me let me find favor in your eyes and whatever you say to me i will give (coughs) do you remember when we (coughs) drew this caution when Jacob told Liba, anybody that you find your God with, kill the person. Do you see do you see Shechem doing making this same mistake? Whatever you say to me, I will give. This is a blank check that shouldn't be given to any man. The only person that should give any man this blank check is God because. There's nothing we can do to harm God and there is actually nothing we can request for 
that God, I think I should be careful. I think I should not even say anything. So we, we see this thing again. Ask me, uh, ask me ever so much, dowry and gift, and I will give according to what you say to me. But give me the young woman as a wife. This is a very interesting offer. But the sons of Jacob answered Shechem and Haman, his father, and spoke deceitfully because he had defiled dinner their sister. And they said to them, We cannot do this thing to give our sister to one who is uncircumcised, for that would be a reproach to us. But on this condition, we will consent to you. If you will become as we are, if every male of you is circumcised, then we will give out daughters to you. Then we will give our daughter to you, and we will take your daughters to us, and we will dwell with you, and we will become one people. But if you will not heed us and be circumcised, then we will take our daughter and be gone. Now we see the deceitfulness and I, I won't just even call it deceitfulness and the lack of regard for that covenant, for that covenant sign God established with Abraham. Do you remember it was God that told Abraham, see, circumcise yourself. Let it be a sign between me and you. This is the covenant between myself and yourself. Circumcise yourself and everyone in your household, even down to your descendants and generations, dot, dot, dot. Now we see the sons. We see the sons of Jacob now presenting this covenant, that special covenant God established with himself and Abraham and his descendants to the people of Canaan. Now, it, it was a deceitful thing, but they, with this action, are now inviting the Canaanites into that covenant. It, to me, it's more than just being a deceiver or anything. It's, it's, it just showed that they, had, they really had no regard for this covenant. Maybe they misunderstood or maybe they had forgotten the relevance of the covenant. I don't know. But it's just just off to me. And their words pleased Hammon and Shechem, Hammon's son. So the young man did not delay to do the thing because he delighted in Jacob's daughter. He was more honorable than all the household of his father. Imagine. Now, are you... Are you, are you seeing how the Bible is trying to show us how evil these people were? The one that raped Dina is even more honorable than every other person in his family. And it will rape. That means we can't even think of the actions of the father, Hamon, and other members of the household. And yet, and yet, Dina went, Dina overstepped boundary of our step that boundary and, and I, I would like to re- as i'm repeating this i would like to repeat that this thing it is not a one day thing it is not a one day thing 
and Hermon and Shechem, his sons, came to the gate of their city and spoke with the men of their city, saying, These men are at peace with us despite their action. Therefore, let them dwell in the land and trade in it, for indeed the land is large enough for them. Let us take their daughters to us as wives, and let us give them our daughters. Only on this condition will the men consent to dwell with us, to be one people. If every male among us is circumcised, as they are circumcised, will not their livestock their property and every animal of theirs be ours only let us consent to them and they will dwell with us and all who went out of the gate of his city heeded Hammon and Shechem his son every male was circumcised all who went out of the gate of the city hmm, this is very interesting this is very interesting now I would like us to start taking notes even from this chapter. The wickedness of the people of Canaan. I'm saying we should take notes because of the future. Because in the future, we will see that they will be destroyed. You know, I've had conversations a number of times where people will be like, Oh, well, God is a wicked God. I will just eliminate people from their own land and, and this and that. And we will start noting from now. The one who raped, the Bible says he was more honorable than his household. I mean, than the people of that particular location, the one that's raped. So, we, can, we should start to imagine the wickedness of these persons. Now, let's not forget the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. We read that the cry of the people ascended up to heaven. And God said, okay it's about time we go and investigate these ones who are crying let us go and see if these people are evil and we read that the two angels went and the people of the land even wanted to rape the angels and as it is in that whole city of sodom there were only uh, say three righteous people that is lot and his two daughters there were only three people who heeded the voice and the command of the two angels. Don't forget when the when the angels told Lord, he tried to go and tell his step uh, his in-laws and all of that, and they refused. So we can see that it was due to their wickedness, Sodom got destroyed. It was due to the wickedness of man. God wiped out the earth the first time with the flood. It is always due to extreme wickedness. Where there is only a few and the rest are wicked. See the story of Noah. Only eight out of the entire world's population at that time. That's ridiculous. Look at the story of Lot. Only three out of the entire population of Sodom and Gomorrah combined. That is ridiculous. Now, the numbers are building in Canaan and the righteous are becoming, they are becoming fewer and fewer and fewer. And we will see, we will see what the future will say about the land of Canaan. And again, is this not a message to us? Is this not a message to us? Haven't we been learning 
about the pattern of action God takes. Observe, observe. The wickedness of man today is over the roof. It is over the roof. And like we have seen in the story of Noah, we have seen in the story of Abraham, we can see that before God destroys, he raises up prophets who would intercede, who would warn, and he will give an instruction. It would not build an ark. As Noah interceded and preached, so with Abraham. Oh, he interceded, if there be 50, if there be 45, if there be 20. Lot, he did his own portion of preaching. Oh, that this place is going to be destroyed. Let us flee, repent, repent. But he refused. And since God is a just God, it is well, in fact, I am confident that yes, yes, we would receive that prophet who would intercede for us. Jesus is that prophet already interceding. He is that high priest already interceding on our behalf. He will send us instructions. He will tell us what to do like he told Noah to do. We will receive such instructions. But the question now is, would I be like Noah that built that ark? Would I be like Lot that took his family and ran? Will you be like Noah? Will you be like Lot? It's the question. Now it came to pass on the third day, do you see it's not a day thing, when they were in pain that two of the sons of Jacob, Simon, Simeon, and Levi, Dina's brothers, each took a sword and came boldly upon the city and killed all the males. And they killed Hammon and Shechem his son with the edge of the sword and took Dina from Shechem's house and went out. You know, at some point I was wondering, anyways, it was a deceitful thing, so they had to let Dina, their sister, go and live with them. Now, yes, so they plundered the city because of their sister, Dina, who was deferred. They took their sheep, they took their oxen and their donkeys and what was in the city and what was in the field and all their wealth, all their little ones and their wives, they took captive and they plundered even all that was in the houses. Then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, you have troubled me by making me obnoxious among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Perizzites. And since I am few in number, they will gather themselves together against me and kill me. I shall be destroyed, and my household, and I. But they said, Should he treat our sister like a harlot? Should we treat our sister like a first of all, let us take note this 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 action wasn't done solely by Simeon and Levi. You know, they had a lot of stuff, they had a lot of properties. 
he took a lot of servants male and female servants from the city of Padan so yes this would be um, a joint work between uh, between the sons of Jacob and the servants they, it cannot be that they are the only ones that just started killing people no no, and taking captive the wives, the children, and all this livestock. Two people cannot lead this multitude. No, 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 no. no. So, yes, this this must have been a joint and agreed action to cause this trouble. This was a joint action. Now, you know, out of all these things, I want to draw our minds again, again. To the follies, to the war, to the disadvantage of polygamy. This again should be a lesson, a very strong lesson that should be drilled into our hearts, into our minds. It should be, it should be ringing in our thought process that a polygamous family is just an invitation to trouble. In as much as it is a validation of that marriage covenant, it is just introducing trouble into our own lives. It's all trouble. Because now we are seeing that Jacob didn't have absolute control over his children. Unlike Isaac, he learns from his father Abraham, I think, had ample time, although he was old, but he had ample time to train Isaac. Right? And we see that even uh, yeah, even with the father of Abraham, Tira, he had only three sons. So, you know, I'm just reading and I'm reading. There are so many lessons here. There are so many lessons and i hope you see i hope you are taking it i hope you are taking it there is there is there is nothing there is nothing to be gained there is no peace in disobedience the laws the commands god has given us they are righteous they are just and they are true and above all they are to our own benefit they are to our own benefit. Oh, thank God. Thank God he is revealing to us as we study. I am very grateful to God for that. He is teaching us as we go on step by step. God be praised. Did you also notice... person or this or that or this or that no no i've learned that we cannot say that i cannot say that i have learned to avoid evil company that is what i have learned didn't the bible say evil company corrupts good manners oh yes yes we see the fulfillment we see how true that text is we see how true that proverb is. Oh, we must be guided on all sides 
even down to the people we associate with, we must be guided. It's like saying I'm in the company of fraud stars and one day all of us just get caught. Who would believe that I'm not a fraud star when I'm keeping the company of those who are fraud stars? Tell me who? Who? Our company matters. Our company really, really matters. It does. It does. And I hope as you go out today, as you ponder upon this story, of the experience of dinner, you would start to reassess. You'll start to have a rethink of the kind of company you keep. Upon thinking of the kind of company you keep, you'll start to set yourself, what kind of person am I to other people around me? What kind of influence am I giving out? Oh, much caution is needed much much caution is needed because of a truth evil company it does assuredly it does corrupt good manners i pray you have a wonderful day today i pray these lessons continue to come up in your thoughts to the point that you would make actions yes 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 have we made mistakes definitely i have made mistakes but now i am learning righteousness the bible god is teaching me what is right oh like we said will this be painful will this appear to be difficult yes but i will do i will change my company if they be bad company and search for good ones. Don't forget the instructions given to Jacob, the instructions given to Abraham, the instructions given to Noah were not easy instructions. But they did not consider whether or not it was easy. They obeyed. I pray you obey. I pray I obey. God bless you and have a wonderful day. Thank you.